Brian and Jen podcast. She is the caring, candid, compassionate, and sometimes canoodling Jennifer Horn, who is also your conservative crusader. And he is the congenial, the sometimes complicit. The many times a connoisseur, and just because I like the word and want to top you, a real clanger. I call him the lovable liberal, Brian Whitman. You are a clanger, by the way. Not really. I'm a loner. (laughs) I don't really cling to many things. Not a clinger. A clanger. (laughs) Is this really two different words? Yes. Not a high fever? Yeah, like a, 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 you know, like a code one clinger would be somebody who just, ew, like you want to get rid of them. Ew, they're a clinger. No. They cling, like static cling. A clinger is actually uh, a a noun. It's an informal mistake or a blunder. (laughs) I thought that was a clunk. Oh, that was my dad's That's a clunker, which we could also add. you want me to add clunker to the list? Yeah. He's uh, cool, not calm, not collected, not. COVID clinging <laughs> clunker. Okay, here I the think Brian- clanger is my new favorite word, actually. That might be a fun one. You're well, a clanger, no, man. Remember MASH, Corporal Clinger, Jamie Farr? Clunker, of course I Cor- do. Right. Okay, so it's uh, the compassionate conservative and COVID boy. Uh, Brian and Jen here on the podcast, and we thank you for joining us. Something, you know what, we always talk about the October surprise in presidential elections. In fact, last Brian and Jen podcast, we talked about the October surprise. And remember, we thought that was the Woodward tape. <laughs> that was so two weeks ago. <laughs> I think that really, really, really still matters. And I think that ultimately people are going to vote on different issues ultimately. But most people, I think, will vote on the time we're living in and what has been done to remove us and and shift us to the time we used to be living in you know when we had no pandemic and barack obama and the White. Okay. yeah I'm not, I'm well there's a and there's another story that's coming out it's actually funny because on the program that we do on am 870 the answer and am 590 the answer in southern california wait, court- wait. We do another program? We do another program. Can you imagine they actually have us do this for three hours? Not Wait, just I'm, like on 10 the, I'm, I do, I'm on the other – I do – I'm on that time. One? Yeah. I'm on that You're one? a real clanger. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am actually. <laughs> but according to reports, we actually had someone call into the, to the show that has a book out that says that there's like a bombshell about uh, malfeasance with Joe Biden and Ukraine – Knowing and having the Obama administration actually have full knowledge that he helped his son Hunter Biden get on the board of Burisma. According to Twitter, I'm seeing this right now. There is a pre-debate surprise that is coming. The Senate is supposed to drop a devastating report exposing Joe Biden's conflict of interest in in Ukraine involving Burisma. So there might be another October surprise in September. And let's not forget the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which has also changed things up enormously. I mean, talk about taking the gasoline can and just squirting it on the dumpster fire of 2020. President Trump was asked about the passing of RBG. This is after he first found out he was on his way to a campaign rally in Minnesota. In the backstage area. Yeah, he was just getting off the plane. He was walking towards where the, the people were in that hangar. And one of the reporters said, Mr. President, RBG died, and this was his response. She just died? Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. Actually, sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. 
That's President Trump reacting uh, in real time, being informed by a reporter of the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And the words are appropriate and authentic. And the words actually, uh, I'm, I'm proud of the words. It's also an opportunity to talk about the tremendous luck of Donald Trump. Because while he's giving those words, it just so happens that Elton John playing a beautiful <laughs> song in the background on the piano. Blue jean, baby. Oh, you, I just hear that from you. And hey, Tiny Dancer was really, I mean, it just happened to be on that, was not edited in. And it wasn't a no, commentary about the stature of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was a Tiny Dancer. Wait. Oh, ti- what is it? Tiny Dancer. Huh. Tiny, it's the song. Well, about, I thought it was, it was Tony just, Danza. Honestly, what? I thought it was... Tony Dancer. No. Wait. Tony, I thought it was Tony Dancer. Tony Dancer it, was on you. Who's the boss? I know. And before that taxi. <laughs> Come on, Lucka. Okay, so the president. Really? I didn't. Hold on just a second. Blue jean, baby. I'm first hearing it from you. It makes me so sad. Hello, lady. But uh, now the president. He actually got complimented. He got complimented on his handling of this by a very, very, very unlikely person who said the president actually looked a bit presidential. I'm going to read you a quote. You tell me if you think you know who it is. Trump is right to show respect for RBG. True presidential behavior, far too rare. Let's play hardball. (laughs) Okay, let's play hardball. Chris Matthews. That's right. How'd you guess that? President Trump sporting the red, white, and blue like Ike Eisenhower. Let's play hardball. <laughs> yeah, Chris the, Matthews even complimenting Trump. I mean, when does that happen? Ah, ah, far too rare. Yes, <laughs> I said that. Far too rare. Do it more. Ah, come on, be a president. Time's almost up. Tick tock, tick tock. Or you put them out of business too, so we have no more clocks or cuckoos. Ha ha. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. After uh, Elton John stopped singing, yes, and after the president's very touching. Reaction concluded. Then politics sets in. And uh, the president's been very respectful. And the president even is continuing. uh, Look, I'm not saying I believe the president is. I believe all of them view what they're doing and saying through the prism of reelection, which Mm -hmm. explains the next thing he's doing. He will, after the appropriate time of mourning and remembering and celebrating the life of Justice Ginsburg, the president will announce his Supreme Court nominee because the base of what a lot of the Trump base is not ideological, very conservative, far, far right people. In fact, a lot of them used to vote for Democrats. In fact, Trump used to be a Democrat. So the point is that he is satisfying that. And in and, and the final hours here, real October surprise will be maybe a confirmation hearing over what already is a disputed time to nominate a replacement for Justice Ginsburg. Disputed. Why? Well, because four years ago in 2016, in March, eight months before the presidential election, um, Republicans, Mitch McConnell, said that that's not enough time left on a president's term for Barack Obama to have a hearing and confirmation, potentially, of Judge Merrick Garland. Eight months was not enough time. It's two months now, and Mitch, no rules, just right. McConnell is all in. Let's get these hearings going and let's gear it up. And it's and the president ought to be careful because those middle centrist independent voters who don't necessarily uh, do a uh, do cartwheels for a far right Supreme Court might not like this 11th hour 
Yeah, see, I think we're so divided. You have 6% of the population that polls say might still be undecided. And I think people who are looking for a middle-of-the-road response from Trump were never really his voters to begin with. I think Trump has no choice. I think he risks far more politically by not putting someone up for nomination. And by the way, it is his job, and it's what President Obama did with Merrick Garland. It's their job to nominate someone. It's the Senate's job to decide whether or not they're going to pick up that nomination and and confirm or, or deny the person who was put up for nomination by the president. Mitch McConnell, and he's been very clear about this, said because President Obama was a Democrat, it was a Republican majority Senate that they didn't have they did not have the numbers to confirm Merrick Garland. Barack Obama knew that. He put him up with the idea that he thought it was a done deal that Hillary Clinton was going to win, mostly because he was working behind the scenes secretly to try to make that happen, spying on the Trump campaign and putting out false documents to the Department of Justice. So he was helping facilitate that win for Hillary Clinton. He never thought for a million years Merrick Garland would actually be confirmed by Mitch McConnell and the Republican majority Senate. They were just thinking Hillary Clinton would win, and she didn't. On the Brian and Jen podcast here, we talk about uh, the passing of Justice Ginsburg and now the the confirmation, the naming of a nominee by President Trump and Mitch McConnell, who, you know, the same guy, same Mitch, uh, but very different. Four years can be a long time in politics. I just thought of something which doesn't happen all the time to have a thought. How about this? Seriously, uh, apolitical, but in terms Mm -hmm. not about liking or disliking the leadership qualities of, of anyone. How's this for a strategy? President Trump says this to America. I want to be consistent. I know there are hard feelings, whatever he says. But it's not enough time. So, And then he says it as an overt ask for votes. So now, if you're a conservative person, you've got to go out on November 3 to vote for me, for, for I need to be the person to fill this replacement not Joe Biden. Actually, that might even be more enticing. No way. No? I, there's not one Democrat who would hear him say that that would say they're going to go vote for him. Things are too divided. And here's the thing. The rules of the game have changed immensely since uh, 2016. I agree. No, since about 2018, when Justice Kavanaugh was ruined, they accused him of gang rape. They accused him of all sorts of things, ruining his family, his kids. I mean, my goodness, what they did was a was a disgrace. And so what happened after that? Chuck Schumer came out and said, well, if you don't like what President Trump did with Merrick Garland, you don't like what President, what, I'm sorry, what Mitch McConnell did, then 2018 should be a referendum on the Republican-led Senate. The Republicans actually picked up seats in 2018 during the midterm. So the American people have a conservative majority and it is their duty to serve the constituents that voted for them. They they are required to do this. There's also a change of rules being threatened and this has nothing to do with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It was actually put out weeks ago by Chuck Schumer that he intends and he said nothing is off the table to pack the court with 15 justices instead of nine where they are right now. He wants to pack them if he can get Joe Biden a win. They want to make Puerto Rico a state. They want to take away the Electoral College. They want to do all sorts of things that would change the very rules of what we stand for. And by the way, they oh, want to take they want to get rid of the filibuster, which is what okay. Democrats hate right now that Harry Reid did, because you can actually confirm a judge with a simple majority instead of two thirds the vote. Democrats want to continue, even though they've been bitten by that, by the Trump administration, to make that the same for every piece of legislation the Senate will vote on. That so ruins checks and balances here. So if anyone has ever thought even for a moment that the Supreme Court, the judicial branch of our three branches of government, is apolitical. Well, guess again. It is the most political of political 
arenas in our American life, which is altered and different here, no doubt, COVID-19. Brian and Jen, uh, back in the broadcast studio, quarantined, though, in separate rooms, but doing the podcast here. Alone together. Naturally. Or something like that. I think it's sort of like that. Thank you for joining us on the Brian and Jen podcast. It's